Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us consider these words from our first reading. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Thus writes the apostle and evangelist and prophet John. It is a fact. We die. Certainly we struggle and we work hard to prolong our life on earth and delay our inevitable death. Yet death is impossible to escape. Death claims all people, and it makes no difference if you are young or old, strong or weak, rich or poor, proud or humble, wise or foolish. Wise King Solomon wrote, No man has the power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. Yes, we must all die. And then what? Atheistic evolution would convince us that life ends at death. There is nothing beyond this material world, no future after we draw our last breath. We can only take comfort now in whatever legacy we leave to future generations. Eternal life, if you can call it that, exists as we are remembered by those who come after us. Yet the belief in life after death persists. Here on earth, life is filled with struggle, bitterness, pain, and suffering, and many people simply hold on to the hope that something better awaits them after death. Something better is awaiting them. Yet how do they understand life after death? How do they understand heaven and eternal life? Heaven is a light at the end of a tunnel, beckoning departed souls to follow, loved ones calling them to follow the light. It is a place filled with clouds and bright shining light, perhaps rainbows, sparkles, unicorns. The departed souls gain wings and halos. They stand around playing harps or talking about what happens on earth, especially on game day. Some angels, some become angels, and they return to earth looking after their loved ones. Heaven is a place where all dogs are welcome. Such are the popular images and tropes of which we are so familiar such views of heaven simply convey an idealized version of what people desire for their life here on earth. Peace, happiness, contentment, and no cats. Yet the Bible describes heaven in a much different way. Our Lord Jesus declares, in my Father's house are many mansions. It's not some nebulous light into which we drift and float. It's an eternal home constructed and built by Jesus. 
and inhabited by everyone believing in him as their savior. It is a dwelling place where believers shall live with the blessed Holy Trinity forever. Heaven is a joyful place filled with celebration and praise beyond anything that we can imagine and experience. We see in Revelation the uncountable crowd of people from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing in front of the throne and the Lamb. And they are praising them with these words, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Such heavenly joy is described elsewhere in Revelation as a wedding feast. This is something we understand from our experiences here on earth. A man and a woman promise to support one another for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. They promise to love and cherish one another and be faithful to one another until death alone parts them. But when the ceremony is complete, family and friends gather together to celebrate with a feast, a wedding feast. And indeed, heaven is an eternal wedding feast, celebrating the marriage of Jesus and his bride, the church. Heaven is a place for believers' comfort. There our Savior removes all reason for our sorrow. It's not simply forgetting about it, but a complete removal of that reason. Hunger is gone. Thirst is gone. Fiery suffering and anguish is gone. Our good shepherd shall care for us forever. And indeed, he shall wipe away every tear. Why? Because in his presence, death will no longer cast its horrible, fearful shadow over us. Heaven, as described in the Bible, offers peace, happiness, and contentment, the things for which we and all people yearn. The question becomes, though, how do we enter heaven? How do we enter our eternal rest? And that is the difference between what the Bible teaches and what those images and tropes in our culture teach us. Some people believe that heaven is our default ending. Eventually, all of us will get there at some point. Other people believe that if we do more good things than bad things, if we seem to come off as nicer to others, doing more good works than bad works, we will earn a place in heaven. The Holy Scriptures condemn both the idea of universal salvation, where everybody gets into heaven, and works righteousness, where we have to earn our place. Instead, 
We enter heaven solely through the blood and righteousness of Jesus the Lamb. You see, we are sinners. And our sins are the same as dirty robes. And we cannot enter heaven with a dirty, sinful robe. Our robes must become white. How? Will God simply overlook the dirty robes, overlook our sins? Is God so kind and loving that he will never punish people for their sins? Is he like a grandfatherly person that's just going to pat us on our heads and say, oh, you were a good child, no matter how bad you were? However, God is righteous and holy. You shall be holy the same as your Lord. God is holy. God is 100% holy. And his law demands that we must be the same. Sadly, none of us rise to that level of holiness. There is none righteous. No, not one. All people have sinned and failed to earn God's glory. We must confess with the prophet Isaiah that we indeed are sinners living among sinful people. Some people, including some Christians, think we can wash our own robes. If we do enough good works, if we show enough love and kindness, we can make ourselves clean enough and holy enough for God to accept us. Yet his law, again, is very clear. We cannot make ourselves righteous enough to earn our place in heaven. We try and try and try to clean our lives and improve it. But our sin is so deep. Our sin sticks so hard that we cannot remove it. Only one thing can remove sin and guilt. The blood of the Lamb. Jesus suffered and died on the cross, and there he poured out his blood for all mankind. And his blood alone removes the stains of sin and guilt. His blood alone makes our robes white. His blood alone is why we see that countless multitude standing before the throne and the Lamb and praising God forever. Our national affiliation doesn't matter. Our social group doesn't matter. Our family connection doesn't matter. Our language doesn't matter. Everyone believing in Jesus Christ shall stand before the throne and the Lamb forever. Unlike what is often portrayed in those popular images and tropes, heaven is not simply a place for a disembodied spirit. It's not as souls alone that God's children shall stand in the presence of their Heavenly Father. We shall be present there both in soul and body. The same as Jesus arose bodily from the dead and ascended into heaven, 
so we too shall arise bodily from the grave and enter our heavenly home. Indeed, Christ shall return and call us from our resting places. He shall unite our souls with our bodies, and we shall arise free from sin, imperishable and immortal. All Saints' Day is a blessed reminder that we Christians can rejoice and be comforted even now. Through the precious gospel, the Holy Spirit has created and continues to sustain the new spiritual life within us, the new man within us. We are born again, and our baptism is for us a blessed pledge that the same as Christ arose from the dead, so we too shall arise to live under him in his kingdom, in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness. Indeed, eternal life is now for everyone who trusts in Christ. It is our inheritance now. Jesus died and rose again. His power and spirit dwell within us. We have a living active hope within us. Yes, it doesn't matter that we dwell in the shadow of death. We can remain confident, hopeful, and strong. Why? For we have a treasure laid up for us in heaven, a robe made white through the blood of the Lamb, a robe that is ours through faith in Jesus our Savior, a robe that we shall wear as we dwell in the house of the Lord, as we dwell in heaven forever and ever. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ until life everlasting. Amen.